The big story of the last week, and it's been kind of underreported, I think, because it's taking place in Hawaii, is the devastation in Maui. This is an incredibly unbelievable story. Death toll approaching 100. ABC's Alex Stone is in Maui this afternoon, and he is with us. Good afternoon, Alex. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, Yeah, right now in front of me, uh, there's probably a three-mile line of cars, people who live in Lahaina waiting to get a permit to get back into Lahaina to see what they have left. I was just talking to a guy who says that he snuck in by foot uh, the other day, and he knows that his home is completely gone, that he and his family, they didn't have time to grab a thing as the flames were coming through, that they just were trying to save their lives, and they got out of there. And it is a, a patient, long line here of people wanting to get in to see what remains as the, the death number now up to 96. And the fear is it's going to go a lot higher. They've only searched about 3% of the buildings in Lahaina. The cadaver dogs that are arriving coming in from Los Angeles County Fire and Rescue, you know, a six-hour flight away, five-hour flight away, they're now arriving. They're beginning their work today to begin going through the burned buildings and sniffing for human remains in there and just incredible stories coming out. We talked to Denny Euchert. He lived in Lahaina, has for 15 years, talked about running for his life, pulling people out of cars, jumping into the ocean and and hiding there. And he told us this. It was a nightmare. One of my worst nightmares. It was, you know, being burned. And he says he thought he was going to die when he was there in the water. I was in the water for about three hours trying to breathe. I'd go down under and put my hand up, and when I felt warm, real warm, well, actually it was hot, I would kind of come up a little bit and try getting a breath of air because the air was cleaner when it was hot because toxins weren't there. And he took photos and was showing us some of the photos and the video on his phone of just fire everywhere. He says that they found where some homeless people on the rocks, on the seawall, had a couple of bottles of water and a carpet, and they put that carpet into the water and kept dunking it in and putting it around them to try to cool off from the heat. And he said, thank God somebody was looking out for me. And I almost gave up. Honestly, I almost gave up there towards the end. He said he's a man of religion and he truly does believe that somebody was uh, watching over him. He said after about three or four hours, they heard fire department, we're here to rescue you. Let's go. And they looked up and there were two firefighters with their flashlights on them and they pulled them up and they were out of there. But everybody's got an incredible story and so much loss in this community. Alex, can you give us a sense for what percentage of the island was affected? I think it's about 730 or so square miles. We know it's not all highly populated. Lahaina is. There's certainly a big cruise port area not too far from the areas that were affected. But in terms of size of the island, percentage of the island, and population, can you try and put it in perspective? It's a relatively small part of the island. This is a small wildfire. It's only like 2,500 acres. That would be a blip on the radar. We cover many that are hundreds of thousands, but it's where it was, that it started behind the town and ripped right through the town out to the ocean, and that was kind of it. This was one of half a dozen wildfires last week uh, around the island in extremely windy and, and dry weather. But this was the one the others, you know, didn't there was another one in what they call the upcountry in the, the hills that uh, that, that one burned a dozen or so homes, but didn't uh, hurt anybody. Um, so that one has gotten a little bit of coverage, but not like Lahaina and, and the other ones we'll never know about because they didn't do a whole lot. This one typically being so small would not have done a whole lot, but it was right in that community and running a mile a minute. Think about that speed, a mile a minute. 
that the flames were running. And that's why most of the victims who have been found so far that they do know are dead were found in the streets running away or in their vehicles trying to get out, stuck in traffic. They could not outrun this fire, uh, even in their vehicles, in a town environment, uh, going at that speed, and, and they were overtaken. It was so quick. ABC's Alex Stone is with us. Alex, the National Guard has been activated. You mentioned the cadaver dogs and units that are coming from the west coast of the continental United States. It's a grim task. It's going to be tough work. How will they go about? I'm looking at live pictures now where everything's incinerated. This is not going to be easy to even even find what's left of people. That is the issue, and uh, not to get too graphic on it, but they were cremated. And so now they've got to go in with the cadaver dogs that are coming in from Nevada and several different urban search and rescue teams in California and elsewhere and begin sniffing for human remains. And that's been an issue of letting residents go back in early on. They were allowing some residents to go back in, and unfortunately those residents were finding human remains in their homes. And they pulled everybody back out and said, you got, we got to let res- you know, search and rescue go in and do this right. Uh, and, and so now some of those hardest hit areas, the, the residents are not being allowed back into. But this is going to be slow. You know, the, the 96 that, that we know were relatively easy for them to find. Uh, these, you know, much like in Paradise, California in 2018, when somebody died in the, the fire there, I think it was 85, 86 people in, in that fire. It was weeks of them going through with cadaver dogs and smelling for human remains and even using sifters to sift through the the dirt. They're going to have to likely do that here as well. It's not going to be quick. It's going to go on for a long time. Alex, where did people go, right? I mean, they they got as far away as possible, but we know it's not a a heavily populated island. Uh, It's not as quite built out in in all parts of the island as, as it is in Lahaina. Where did people escape to? They're going everywhere they can. Uh, they're going to be put into hotels. Uh, the, the vacationers have been sent packing and, and out. Um, so a lot of the, the resorts are wide open right now. Where I am on the, the other side of the street that I was talking about, there is a large shelter that has been set up that they've got mental health help, medical help. Uh, they've got a missing persons list that's growing, donation center that, that has been set up. People are dropping off diapers and formula and, and everything that you can imagine, food. And, and so they've got that infrastructure going on. There are some here on the island, though, who are saying that they need to do more. That you know, They're saying, where is the, the field hospital? Where are the, the troops? Now, you'll see them driving around, the National Guard and some active duty army. Um, but at this point, it's mainly community-driven what's going on. So they're staying with friends or family. They're staying in shelters they're staying at, at hotels, but long-term, they're going to have to figure this out. The, this island lives on tourism. They're going to have to get that re-going at some point. They were hard hit during the pandemic. Hawaii shut down more than a lot of areas during the pandemic. So the resorts that run this island, they took a major hit then, and now they're going to deal with this. And yeah, this is going to be a long recovery, and, and they're going wherever they can. ABC's Alex Stone in Maui. Thank you, Alex. You got it. Thanks, guys.